Welcome to the Creative Empire Podcast. Each week, Raina Pomeroy, the life and biz success coach, and Christina Scalera, the attorney for creatives, are taking you up close and personal with successful influencers in the creative community and tackling your biggest business hurdles. Their mission is to help you, creative entrepreneurs, think beyond your daily biz so you can make the brave decisions that build your creative empire. Welcome back to another episode of the Creative Empire Podcast. It's Raina and Christina here, and today we are joined by a very special guest. I actually know her in person, and Ashley Gartland is a business coach. She works with women entrepreneurs who business is doing pretty well, but who feel like a hot mess behind the scenes. I know so many of you can relate with that. And that probably holds you back from reaching the next level, right? And Ashley's going to help us kind of decipher what's going on behind the scenes. Ashley has a really cool history. In her previous life, she was working in publishing and has a lot of expertise in pitching as well. She also is a trained coach, so that's super fun. But Ashley lives in Portland, and we're so excited to talk to you, Ashley, about simplifying in your business. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just so excited to be here. Yay. So I know in your bio, I just think it's so funny that you say people feel like a hot mess behind the scenes. And I know so many people do feel that way. Tell us a little bit about you and how you got to helping these people who feel like a hot mess. Yeah. So I kind of came to it from an an interesting approach. I realized that they were saying they felt like a hot mess, but as I was growing my business and, and in my previous business too, I had the same experience. I wasn't feeling that way. And so I started to think about what I was doing differently. And I was like, how come all these people are telling me that they feel change in their business, that they're stressed and overwhelmed, that they feel like they're driving a runaway train and they have no, they're not growing with intention and, and they have no room for, you know, the kind of freedom that they want to enjoy in their life or fulfillment in their business. I'm like, how come they're experiencing that? And I'm feeling pretty good. And so I started to explore what that was about. And I realized that in my previous business and my coaching practice, I really simplified my business so that I can experience the growth, the fulfillment and the freedom and that that's what I help my clients do as well. Yeah, that's spot on. I feel like, you know, so much of what you do, you do business well in the sense that you have so many great things happening, but whenever I interact with you, it's with so much ease and you have a family, you do running when you can and you do all these activities that feel so, I don't know, spacious and I I know so many people don't feel that way. <laughs> so what is I mean, tell us a little bit about what your life looks like and how you've cr- intentionally created that. Yeah, so I've always, you know, I guess I should back up and say the reason I became an entrepreneur in the first place is because I was really, I found the lifestyle really appealing. I didn't like, straight out of college, I didn't like the options that were out there for me for a job. And I graduated with a journalism degree. I didn't like the places I was going to have to go move to to get a job in a magazine. And so I decided to strike out on my own and become a freelance writer and, and go that route. And I loved that it provided me with so much, like you said, spaciousness in my life to set my own schedule, to do creative projects that fulfilled me, to take care of my health, to build really great relationships and you know experience those freedoms. So I looked at that. The very start was about creating a business that supported the lifestyle that I wanted and designing that business to continue to support that lifestyle as things have changed, you know, as I've gotten married and had kids and taken on new activities in my life, like to continue to grow that way. It's because my business continues to be designed to support that. Yeah, for sure. I think that your intentionality with all of it is very, very admirable. So I know most people listening are probably not living the way that you are. (laughs) 
They either have full-time jobs or they're really hustling, hustling, hustling in their businesses. And they feel like they're burning the candle at both ends. Is that how you say it? So like constantly working on all the things and feeling super overwhelmed by the life that they are living. And so what are the, I mean, can you walk us through any steps or things that you can audit or anything like that and figuring out how to get to this state of more, I guess, more simplicity? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's talk about the process first, right? This is I've started to see that I'm doing a similar process with each of my clients and that this is what I have done in my business too. It's first, it's about clearing out the clutter. And I think this is really helpful to get perspective on, you know, like when you think about cleaning out your closet or your garage, like sometimes we're so attached to our stuff that it's hard to let go of the things that aren't working. It's the same is true in our business. You know, we need someone to come in and say, what can we get rid of? What's not necessary anymore? What's not working that you can let go of so you can create some of that spaciousness. So that's really the first thing we do is clear out the clutter. Then we look at what's left and we see where we can streamline it, where we can put systems in place or processes in place to again, create more space. And then this is the part that I think is really fun. And this kind of ties into my background in in pitching and publicity and PR is we look at what's the bigger picture, right? We look at the growth oriented stuff. So sometimes simplifying this process is about getting back to basics and actually looking at the foundation that they have in their business and building a stronger foundation to grow from. You know, I find that when people, when their business takes off or they start experiencing some success, some things get left right? You don't actually get to them. Like maybe they never got an email list up and going or an opt-in, or maybe they never feel like they've mastered their content. And so we get them to a place where those things feel really whole and complete, where they can build strongly from there. And then we look at those big picture projects and plans, those things that are going to really help them grow in the future, whether that's you know launching that podcast that they've been dreaming about for the last two years, or creating that new product line, or doing collaboration with someone, or creating a magazine, or writing a book. Like we build the business to make space for that. And what's beautiful is that those are also the things that are going to help them grow to the next level. What do you think people, like, why do you think people want to grow so quickly? Why do you think people don't want, in your experience, just kind of looking at the industry, what is it about fast growth that's so mesmerizing and magnetizing? And why is that more, why does that feel so urgent? I think two reasons. One, we're starting to be conditioned to expect it, right? We're all the time bombarded with messages about six figures overnight and really overnight success stories and fast track your way to success and all those things. And so it's starting to become the norm of what we hear. When in reality, I think if you poll 100 business owners, that's going to be the minority. And the rest of the people are growing very, not necessarily slowly, but they're growing with intention and sustainable businesses. And to do that, you've got to simplify. So I think we were conditioned to do that. And it's also, it's just... It's sexy, right? It's sexy to think that you could be an overnight success story and and grow in that way. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that, you know, even though I have a six-figure business, I don't often talk about it because I feel like it distracts from the message of what I believe is successful. And I think that that intentionality is so important in terms of making sure that you're saying you're putting the right message forward and making sure that what is like, I guess what is important to me is represented in my branding. Is it represented in my, the way that I approach business, the way that I show up in my community. And I think you do the same as well. And making sure that you, I feel like you've talked about this too, but you have to set your own boundaries for success and you have to set your own expectations 
expectations for success? Do you have any practices that help people define what their success looks like or what intentionality should look like in their business? Yeah, I think the first thing is getting clear on what they want their life to look like, right? You know, I guess I'll kind of drill down and talk about a client I recently worked with on this. She came to me and said, I want to have, she said five figure months. And to do that, she needed to take on a large number of clients. And she was a service-based provider. And when we looked at it, I was like, well, is that going to support the quality of life that you want? Do you have room in your schedule for that? Like, is it also going to leave room for these other things? And for her to grow that quickly, it was no way possible for that to happen. So we scaled back on her goals a little bit, not a ton, but so that her business supported her life and she was still successful. She just had to redefine her definition of success. And when I asked her the question, like, like whose definition is that? She's like, well, this is just what people have told me I should do. It's not actually what my family needs or what I need or what my business needs. Ooh, that's so interesting. I mean, it's so interesting because we expect that we should have five figures in each month. But I think that something that I really want to point out there is what does that money give you? (laughs) What does that goal actually do for you? And like you said with your client that she didn't actually need that, right? She didn't actually want that for her family. And like, yeah, it's great to make more money, but at what cost really? What's the really opportunity cost that you're facing when you're talking about that? And like, how does your life look in order to achieve that really? So yeah, I'm fascinated by that. What's been like, I don't know if it's concluded or you know what the path has been like, but what does it look like as you're having these conversations and to get uncomfortable, I'm guessing, hold that no, actually five figure months doesn't make actually make a lot of sense for you. What does that look like? You know, it's having a really bold conversation and asking the the tough questions. And if the, if that client had come back to me and said, yes, this totally fits and and this is what I want, then that's what we would have built her business for. But that's not, she actually came back with a lot of clarity of this isn't what I want it to look like. So I, when I asked her the right questions, we were able to say, this is what it looks like now. And she filled her practice really quickly. So she's on track to exceed her expectations. But because she's done it a little more slowly and a little more sustainably, now she can bring on a team to help her reach the next level and start delegating. And now she has all the systems in place that she needs. But I think if she had gone out from the gate, trying to go really big. And I just think that there would have been a lot of that overwhelm and the stress and the chaos that people experience when they do things before they're set up for that success. It's interesting that you're, that you're telling us about this woman and how she was able to see that like kind of what the end result would be. And I think a lot of people don't start with the end in mind because it feels so impossible you know, where they want to be versus where they are now is just so, they're just so far apart. So is there anything that you were able to do? Like, did you break it down into steps? Like, did you have a realistic 90-day goal and then you moved on to the next 90-day goal? Like, how were you able to move from kind of fantasy to reality with her? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the kind of the trickle back approach where you say, okay, if this is where you want to be in a year or five years, where do you need to be in one year? Where do you need to be at the six month mark? Where do you need to be this month? And then looking at your goals and making sure that they line up. So for her, if she wanted to have, you know, if we're working together for six months and she wants to sign 10 clients during that time, well, how many does she actually need to work on getting in the first month? And what are the activities that she needs to do and the things she needs to have in place in her business in order to make that possible? So yeah, we take the big picture view and then we break it down into very small bite-sized goals that she can actually tackle week to week. Week to week. That's pretty intense. So (laughs) that's, that's a lot of checking in. No? You know, I like the, not for me week to, you know, we're not checking in week to week necessarily, but I think that 
she's got a week to week plan. And it's not an intense plan each week. When you break it down that way, it's like one or two things you're focusing on for the week. And that's it. Yeah. But how do you say focus? Because that is the hardest thing. The way that my weeks usually start out is I have some kind of goal. And then as I'm working through my week, maybe not like emergencies, but kind of critical things to take care of pop up, things I forgot about, things I need to answer, opportunities. You know, my email starts exploding and I get really sidetracked. So I think this focus is a word I keep hearing over and over. One of my friends was just at the Traffic and Conversion Summit and I asked her how it was going and she just sent me back a picture from one of the presenters and this, the entire slide on the back of his presentation just said focus. <laughs> so it's clearly something that more than one of us are struggling with, you know, what are, what are some things that you're doing to stay on focus? Is it just relentlessly ignoring the pseudo emergencies that are popping up or what? Partially that. Yeah. I love that you brought this up because this is definitely one of the five steps that I teach to simplifying your business. And it's about, it's called being proactive, not reactive. I think what you're talking about is like all these things that come onto our plate as entrepreneurs and creatives is there's a lot of putting out fires, right? A lot of reactive, there's emails that need to get answered. There's social media alerts coming in and there's all these things that we need to seemingly do in our business. And and a lot of them are necessary. But what I like to have people do in order to stay on track with their goals is schedule a time to be proactive in their business. And so that might look like for some people, it's blocking out Monday morning when they're going to work on that bigger picture project. Or maybe it's all on Fridays, like maybe Fridays are their day to do their own internal work. Or for a lot of people, and myself included, this is what I do is before I go into reactive mode in my business, I spend at least a solid hour doing something important, not urgent in my business, but something that's really important to work on. And then I can go into the mode where I'm responding to emails, checking in with clients, but I'm making sure that those growth-oriented activities are happening first. Yeah. And I think for me, I totally agree with you, Ashley. I think for me, it's been like such an important shift to go from just growing, growing to thinking about scaling. Because when you don't think about this stuff, it really just sets you back. And it's not about like the pushing necessarily, but just spending time to think about and like implement what's really important, not just being in the client work, but being, you know, working on your business and growing in that way. I think thinking about it in terms of like a non-negotiable meeting, just like you would show up to a call with a client. You're showing up to a call for yourself. You're like showing up for the meeting prepared, ready, your, your head's in the right place. Sometimes it doesn't work out that way and like you get procrastinating, but or I get procrastinating. But you know, for the most part, if I set something on my calendar that says I'm working on this thing, I am working on that thing. It might take me a couple minutes to kind of quote unquote get there, but truly I try to make these appointments non negotiables for myself. And it sounds like that's what you encourage as well. Yeah. Well, you're building a habit. First of all, you're making a commitment, right? You're making a commitment with yourself and saying, I am going to do these things. And I know that this is essential to the growth of my business. And then you're building a habit where you do it every day for the first hour of each day, or you on Fridays, you unplug and do that work, but it's a habit. And so it becomes easier over time. Yes. Okay. So I have two questions that come up for me often in the community. So one is how like I have tried, tried, tried to, I don't know, write content or, you know, show up for something that I do. And I'm always last minute scrambling to get that blog done or send that email out. What is like your recommendation for that growth activity, whether it's marketing or just like building a program or whatever that you say that you've been trying to do, but you 
don't actually get to. I would look at when you're trying to do it and how you're trying to do it. You know, if you, let's talk about content. I think that's such a good example. I think a lot of people think I have to blog and it has to look this certain way and they have to sit down at their computer and they have to type it out and, and do something like this epic blog post. That might not be the case. Like number one, they might not be meant to be doing blogging. Like that might be why there's a little bit of a disconnect, but maybe they need to just transcribe their blog or maybe they need to just free write it out and then move into, that's what I do, and then move into the writing. And so I think you can think about how you're doing it and see if there's some sort of place where you can create more ease there. And then think about when you're doing it. Like if you're trying to cram that big picture project in to a 30 minute window in between a whole bunch of other stuff going on in your business, it's not going to feel very spacious or easy to get to. If you can give yourself a little bit of extra white space, it's going to feel a lot easier and I bet you'll get it done faster. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I think that like whenever you're you're talking, it's like with so much intention and ease that everyone's going to be like, yes, I want more of that. Another thing too that I hear in my community is how do how do I make sure that this is actually something that like I know where to focus my time? So you said that like you pick a growth activity and Christina was saying focus and yeah, absolutely. When Whenever we have too many things happening, you can't actually get any of those things in. So how do you know what's going to be the best activity, best project Yeah, <laughs> to focus on and try to churn out, I guess. I like to, you know, I think this is really a relevant question when it comes to marketing activities, right? Or growth related activities. So one of the steps that I teach people is focus on doing less better. And it's about the first thing that I have them do is make a list of all the things they're currently doing, like all the things you're currently doing to market your business. And it's going to be a long list. I guarantee it. There's going to be outreach. There's going to be networking on there. There's going to be social media. There's like there's tons of you know podcasting. There's gonna be tons of different things that they're doing for marketing. And I would encourage people to look at that list and say, do you need to be doing all these things in those, you know, spaces where those intentional activities are happening? Is everything driving your results? And then narrow down to a couple of things that you can focus on. Like for me, the last little bit, I haven't been focusing on pitching blogs and pitching podcasts and pitching guest expert spots. I've just been focusing on pitching podcasts. So I know that when I sit down to have big picture project time for my business, I'm pitching podcasts. So it's a repeatable process. It's easy to do. And my focus is on one thing. And I'll move on and experiment with the other things later. But I'm focusing on this. I'm experimenting, seeing how it works. I'll weigh the results. And then I'll pick something else in the future. I love that. And that's why you're here. (laughs) That's why we like you here. But this is... Yeah, this is so huge because this is something that took me a long time to understand. And just having patience was really hard because I would see, you know, maybe other people getting on podcasts and I'm like, no, I want to be on those podcasts. Why are they picking them? And it's because, you know, I was focused on Instagram or I was focused on a Pinterest strategy, something like that. But you don't realize it. But when you focus like like you're talking about here, Ashley, you get better and you get faster at it. And so eventually you get so fast or so efficient at it that you can either do it very quickly or outsource it or both. And then you can move on to the next thing and then you're even more efficient. So it's kind of like that diagram. I don't know if you've read the book Minimalism by Greg McKeown, but he's got this diagram in there. And on the one side of the page, it's the circle and it has little tiny arrows pointing out in every single direction. And then he adds up all the arrows in the (laughs) diagram next to it and puts them all into one, like all the length of each arrow into one long straight line. And he's like, which would you rather have? Like lots of little tiny progress in 
in the direction of nowhere, essentially, or this one straight line that's going to something, even if it's just one line, it's not like 20 lines. So what you're saying here is definitely a trend that we've had on our show a lot lately. It's something I've noticed in my own business. And I just wanted to highlight that for our listeners out there who are thinking, they have to do everything. They have to start a newsletter today. They have to start blogging. They have to get their content in order, whatever it is. I think it's better to just start with one and then get really, really, really good at that and then move on. Yeah, exactly. I, I've not heard that analogy, but I'm going to get the book now. That's an amazing analogy. It is like that one arrow and you get, you become more efficient at it. You're exactly right. And so instead of trying to come out of the gate doing all the things, pick a couple of things, like literally a couple, like two things, do them really well. And then as you become more proficient at them, you can add the next thing on the plate, but you don't want to try and learn all the things at the same time and do all the things at the same time. Because the other piece of it is you can't always tell what's working when you're in 20 different places and doing 20 different things. And what you really want to aim for is depth, not breadth. Absolutely. What What are some good places to start though? Like if, if somebody's listening in their car and they're thinking, where do I start? Like, which one do I pick? Which is the right thing to choose? What are like maybe three marketing or sales strategies, pitching, like however you want to talk about it, that you just feel like you can't go wrong with that aren't trendy, that are just kind of timeless, if there are any. (laughs) Yeah. So I want to insist in two ways. One, I think the most timeless, not trendy marketing activity out there is connecting with people, is reaching out, is like getting off of the big, huge platforms. And and I think social media is definitely beneficial, but actually taking the time to do some one-to-one outreach and have some conversations with people, especially if you're a service provider and let that be one of your marketing strategies. It's been huge in my business. I think it's, if I'm putting numbers to it, it's probably grown like 80% of my coaching practices come from one-to-one outreach. So it's really, it's not sexy, it's not trendy, but it works. And then, and I know you're big on that too, Raina. And then the other thing I would say when you're weighing the other activities, it's hard for me to say like what would be right for each person's business or industry, but I think you should look at two perspectives. One, what's kind of logical? What's the most timely thing for you to do in terms of marketing? And then also what's the most fun for you? And that's not what everybody would say, but what like energizes you because that's going to be an easy thing for you to do. Like for me, podcast pitching, maybe let's say like, maybe it's not the top strategy that I should be doing, but I love it. And it's fun for me and I'm seeing results from it. So I'm going to keep doing that because it's energizing to me. And that becomes something that's easy for me to do. Yeah. I think that concentrated effort in one direction makes it so much easier for us to be able to figure out you know, it's it's less pressure to do all the things. It gets us concentrating on the most important parts and also allows us to, I think this is like the part that is most important to me, to be able to measure the success of the effort put into those things. And I'm not like a huge ROI numbers measure, but truly like what you just said about your connection calls and those coffee chats, you just said that 80% of your you know, practice comes or clients come from, you know, those connection calls, which is a huge measurement. So I think that when you have that concerted effort towards one particular, you know, direction, it shows you that that is working or that is not working, or I need to change or pivot focus. What are your thoughts on like how you figure out if something is working when you have that concentrated effort? I'm kind of like you right now that I'm not huge on measuring like really, really specific metrics, but I think for me, I'm looking at, you know, how something has grown my community or increased the amount of clients, 
you know, those are the kind of metrics I'm looking for. So for me, it's really simple to look and say, okay, I was on this podcast, I connected with this amount of people, and this many clients came from it. I think for other people, you just have to take the time to figure out what those metrics are for you, the metrics that matter, and take the time to check in in your business every week and actually take the time to track the numbers. I think that's the piece that a lot of people miss is that they do the things, the marketing activities, and then it's kind of done. They don't take the time to evaluate it at the end. Yeah, for sure. I Like you said, I am not like the best at reviewing the numbers or the data necessarily. I do whenever I'm tracking like statistics, I am looking at those things. But in terms of marketing effort, sometimes it's a little bit hard to track those more intangible things like connections on, in Facebook groups. And so the way that I like to just, I just wanted to mention this as a resource because I, I found a lot of people who have liked it. I do a weekly report call, called the CEO report. And it's just a a form that I created for myself. You can create it on Typeform or Google Form, whatever, like, and ask yourself the questions. It's basically a survey for myself each week to kind of check in on how I'm feeling, how I'm doing, any metrics or any kind of like connections that I I really appreciated so that it has the, the, quote unquote data at the end of the year or whenever I really want to see them to see like, here are the trends, here's what's working, here's what's not working and allows me to kind of see that in a, I don't know, black and white format. So what are some of the ways that you track these things or do you have a resource for that, Ashley? I don't. I, I want to plug your CEO report. I think it's fantastic. And it's it's not exactly what I use, but it's kind of inspired by your CEO report. And so I figured out what are the metrics that were important to me to track. And I literally have them in an Excel spreadsheet. And I check in somewhere between either Friday or if it happens over the weekend, Saturday or Sunday. But every week towards the end of the week, I go into that and I just make note of the things. I make note of where clients are at. I make note of revenue. I make note of connections that I've made. And for me, I make note of things that I've pitched and kind of with the progress on those. But it's not, it takes me 10 minutes. It's not something big. But without that, I wouldn't really know what's working, what's not. And I wouldn't know where I'm at in my business. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool because it doesn't have to be fancy. It can be super simple and just good old Excel, right? It keeps us organized. So I love that tip. So in terms of your simplicity message and what our audience can really learn from this, what are some things that like if somebody is at a level in her business and she's thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. I am as such a hot mess. How do I get out of this place? What are some tools you have? I know we've talked about the steps already, but what are some things that maybe she can delegate or you know start getting things off of her plate so she can get focused on the things that really do matter? Yeah. So we've talked about two of the steps. We talked about focusing on doing less better. We've talked about being proactive. There's three other ones that I love teaching. So one is start relying on systems. And I know you're big on systems too, Raina. And it's one of those things that's not sexy in our businesses. It's nothing that it's not something that you want to spend your time doing really, but the results that it can create for you are phenomenal. And the ease that it can create for you is just amazing. So I encourage people to, you know, if they're at that stage where they're feeling overwhelmed, I, in the guide that I have with these five steps, I have a list of common systems and I encourage people to circle the ones that are applicable to their business and then just pick one to implement. Like don't look at all those things and get overwhelmed and don't start this process. Just pick one of those systems and do the work to implement it into your business. And it can be really simple. It might be like a five-step system to creating your blog or a five-step onboarding system. Create that and use it and refine it. And then you have it for yourself to use so that everything's not living in your head, or you have it to pass off to somebody that you hire so they can take over that process for you. 
Perfect. And you mentioned a guide. Where do people get this? Yeah. So if they want to get my five steps to simplify your business guide, it's just on my website. It's ashleymgartland.com backslash simplify. Perfect. Okay. Keep going. You had a couple more steps, I believe. Yeah. So you mentioned delegating. I used to be the queen of do everything yourself, drove my husband nuts, drove my family nuts. And it certainly didn't work well in my previous business. Like, I mean, I did everything in my previous business. There was no support. And when I started my coaching practice, I wanted to do things a little bit differently. I was in a different season of my life and I, I knew that I wanted to bring on a team member. So I brought one on fairly quickly, a, a phenomenal OPM. And I've learned that there's a huge cost to not delegating, that the more I can pass off to her, the more time I can spend doing work that grows my business or really fulfills me. And so I think this is true for a lot of people who've reached a level where they're successful enough to hire a little support, either a team member or just a contactor from time to time that can help them. So what I like to have people do is do a task audit. I think this has been one of the most valuable tools I've given my clients. It's literally you get out a sheet of paper and you write down every single thing you do to run your business, every single task you have, every hat you wear. And then you go in and you circle the ones that you want to retain ownership of, which are usually the things that only you can do, right? Like if you're a photographer, you're probably going to be the person who shows up shooting, but maybe you don't need to do the edits. You know, as a coach, you're going to be the person showing up and coaching your clients, but you probably don't need to onboard them. So it's, you can start to see by doing this, these are the couple of things that I need to do and focus on. And the rest of those things are things that you can delegate. And usually there's a lot of things that you need to delegate and people could get overwhelmed at that point. So what I like to have them do then is identify either the person they want to pass it off to or the role that they need to pass it off. Like if they don't know a VA yet or an OBM that they want to hire or someone to edit their photos, they can at least put the job title next to it and start to set that intention for themselves. And if they know who it is, then they put the name there. And again, like when you're doing the systems thing, just pick one to start with. Just pick one thing to delegate and let that free up a little space for you to do the growth-oriented activities. And then as your business grows, you can pick the next thing to delegate. Sounds like the marketing plan. (laughs) So we're like focusing and then moving on, focusing and then moving on. I love it. So Ashley, as we're kind of coming to a close before we ask you our final questions, is there anything else that you feel like would be really helpful for people to take away today and kind of sum up everything that you've been talking about here with simplifying and delegating and you know focusing on their marketing tactics? Yeah. I think I want to touch on the fear that comes up for people. You know, when I talk with women, they're like, well, I've experienced this level of success doing things this way and hustling this hard. And they're really afraid to, they want, they want to believe that they can grow their business differently, but it's a really scary thing to do to move forward in a different way and drop the hustle and start moving forward with a simplified business. So I want to address that and say like, it takes a little bit of courage and trust to try and do things a little bit differently. But I know in my heart, the growth stems from simplicity. And then if they're willing to try these things to delegate, to learn to say no, to focus on doing less better, to start using systems, that their business is going to grow. And this the side benefit to it is that they're going to also have this really rich life to go along with it. Preach that. I think one of the things that I, I as you're saying it, I realize what, that we don't have and why we chase this other version of success, which looks like, you know, being more lucrative and being well known and all of this other stuff that might seem superficial and people want that. That's cool if that's what, what your goal is. But I think what you're offering is a new model, right? Is that there's not a lot of people modeling what you're modeling. And so it might feel like, oh, well, that's not the glamorous way to go. You're saying this is the more fulfilling way to go and it supports the life that I want. 
So can you speak a little bit to that and like how that fear kind of interacts with that belief that there are, aren't a lot of models out there that look the way that my life, I want my life to look like. Does that question make sense? Yeah, I think you're right. There aren't a lot of models. There are not a lot of, there's a lot of models for bright, shiny, grow your business this way. And it's, and you're going to have this glamorous entrepreneurial life. There's not a lot of models for, I want this quiet simplicity and I want a rich, fulfilling life, which is exactly why I'm trying to, to share this message is for people who want something a little bit different. What I want to say is that doesn't mean it doesn't come with growth or you still can have the growth and enjoy the rich, satisfying life and have the fulfillment. It's not an either or thing. It's a both thing, but you've got to design your business to support that. Thank you so much, Ashley. And if someone is wondering where you're going with your creative empire, what can you reveal to us? What can you tell us about what's next for you? Yeah. So I've been asked this question a couple of times and I used to feel really strange about saying, I just want more of the same, but because I'm so in love with my business and my clients and, and my life and what it supports in my life, it really is about a little bit more, but really more of the same. So I want to continue to work really intimately and intentionally with my one-on-one clients. I want to find ways to reach more people with this message of simplicity, which looks like doing maybe a little more speaking, maybe someday writing a book on it. I've written a couple of books before, but not on this topic. And But there's not a lot of like big audacious goals here because I really want more of this beautiful business I've created. <laughs> Totally understand. And where can people go and find your business, find you, connect with you on social media? Yeah. So my website is ashleymgartland.com. Um, I already shared the guide, link to the guide. What I want to say is I didn't touch on what is a really fundamental step to simplifying in the guide. There's a sixth step. And the reason it's not in the guide is because it requires its own lesson. So I do a pop-up workshop from time to time on this step. It's all about simplifying your schedule so that you can manage your life and your business and make time for these big picture projects we've been talking about. So I would love to invite your listeners to join me for the next one. It's a free pop-up workshop. I think by the time this airs, there'll be one happening about a week after that or so. If they want to join me for it, it's at the sign up and all the information is at ashleymgartland.com backslash creative empire. Thank you so much, Ashley. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for Ashley being here and sharing with us all the ways to simplify our hot mess behind the scenes. And I know that people who are listening are thinking, you know, oh, it's going to be so overwhelming. But I know that just by listening to your tone of your voice, first of all, and also the tips that you've shared with us, and hopefully you'll listeners go download the guide. I think they're going to take away a lot of big, you know, life takeaways as well as how they can make their businesses run a little bit more smoothly. So thank you so much for sharing all of that with us and everyone out there go build your creative empire are you ready to build your own empire for more information show notes downloads and tips on how to do it head to www.creativeempire.co where you can find out more about this week's episode and the two lovely ladies behind it all encouraging you to build your own creative empire If you enjoyed this week's show, it would mean so much to Raina and Christina if you could take two minutes to go to iTunes and leave a review. It's a little thing that makes a big difference for the show. 